at that time, adopted a mantra that God put on my heart, and that was, Lord, I don't understand, but I choose to believe. Believe in his hope, believe in his goodness, believe in his care, and that he had us in the palm of his hands, and that no matter what would happen, that we were gonna come out of this okay, and that my daughter and I were gonna be okay. There was fear because I was a special needs mom, and I was gonna be doing this all by myself. Not having family, all of our family is scattered across the country, and most of them are in the, in the East. I was worried, and every moment that I came to a place where I was frightened beyond my wits, I would just reach out, and then I would say, Jesus, Take my hand and carry me through this. Give me your peace. Let it wash over me. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, Altered Stories show listeners. Happy February, the love month. This is your chief storyteller host, Michelle Saunders Gutch. And welcome To episode 74, Eileen, Blessings in Brokenness, God's Story. And thank you, friends, for listening to this episode and to my show that is part of the Spark Media Network and can now be heard on the Edify app, the world's most powerful Christian app that offers thousands of the best Christian podcasts for your listening enjoyment. Friends. I hope your February month has started out to be a great one. For me, it has started out to be an emotional month as our family is grieving the loss of our precious corgi puppy, Bo, who passed over the rainbow bridge due to his terminal oral cancer. I'm still very teary-eyed over this, friends. Though we are very sad that he is no longer with us, we are relieved that he is no longer suffering, but he is missed in our family, and we are hoping that he is running with Jesus. This month, friends, is also a month of celebration as I celebrate the three-year anniversary of this podcast and the Altered Stories Ministry Nonprofit Organization on February 12th. I am so grateful to God and for all of you listeners who have supported me these last three years as I've worked to move the mission of Altered Stories Ministry forward through the podcast God Stories I've shared. Now, friends, it's time to get this show started. And today, I am really excited to bring to the mic my very dear friend, Sister in Christ and lovely special guest, Eileen Grasso. I have known Eileen for almost 20 years, and she came into my life, friends, at a time that I really needed extra support, being new in a community and at a new church, raising a teenage daughter. Eileen also saw me through a mental health and physical health setback while my husband was traveling a lot. I will never forget her kindness and great support. I'm getting teary. (laughs) And today, I want to honor her by giving her the opportunity to share her 
inspiring God story. Friends, I don't get too choked up, but I am getting choked up today. Thank you for being patient with me. I also want to, friends, share a few other words about Eileen. She is a widow that grew up in NYC, and friends, she is, and she dresses like a New Yorker. She's got some classy, classy outfits, and she was married to her husband for 38 years, who she has called the love of her life. She is the mother of two children, grandmother to eight, and has been a Jesus follower since 1989. She has served the Lord through missions, women's Bible studies, and she currently leads a grief share study at her church. So good morning, Eileen, and welcome to this show. How are you doing, friend? Good morning, my sweet friend. I'm doing great. It's a beautiful, chilly morning here in Arkansas, but it's going to be warming up this week to the 60s, so spring's around the corner. Hey, it's going to be that way here today, too, so I'm grateful for that. That's really what we need, a little taste of spring. Eileen, is there anything else you might want to share about who you are? With my global audience, we've got people listening in 40 countries all around the world. So anything else you might want to share? No, just that um, the journey I'm on right now is an adventure and really excited to see how God is going to lead in these uh, next months through 2022. And I pray that through all that I'm learning and how I'm healing and growing after becoming a widow, I'm praying that somehow this story will just touch the hearts of others who are going through similar things and uh, find encouragement in my story. Well, that's precious. And I'm sure there are many that will. And I would just kind of, so the audience gets to know, you know, who you are a little bit too. How is, just share for us how your 2022 has started out for you. And do you have one word that you've been drawn to uh, that the Lord has put on your heart this year? Yeah, 2022 has begun beautifully this year, unlike last year, but this has been a, a really good start. The one thing I believe the Lord's put on my heart is to grow deeper and wider in him and not only to learn more about him, but also to experience him in fresh new ways and to grow through that. That's pretty powerful. That's really powerful. Eileen, you know, you and I have talked through the years and, you know, we've shared lots of stories. We've talked about stories, you know, about the stories I've been sharing on the show. But, you know, I, I would love to know from your perspective, why do you think sharing women should share their stories? Why it's so important? I think it is invaluable. Women are so unique in the way that God created us. And we have a need to be affirmed, a need to be encouraged in ways that don't necessarily come out when we're normally encouraging someone. For example, when a woman is hurting, another woman can pick up on that, you know, without even speaking. You can pick up on a woman's countenance, the look in her eyes. I don't think men typically get that the way we do. And I think that encouragement is so powerful when you see a sister that is needing some encouragement or a kind word or a hug. I mean, 
it's a powerful, powerful tool that God uses, you know, through us. I feel that as we're commanded to edify one another in the body of Christ, we're supposed to lift each other up. I think we need to do that. And these stories are powerful testimonies of how that plays out. I also believe that in our walk with the Lord, as he teaches us through the different things that we go through in our lives, the trials, the tribulations, the joys, laughter, as he teaches us something unique about him and who we are, we're supposed to be good stewards of that and share that with other women. Um, Because sometimes God uses us to be his instrument of blessing to one another by having us share some of our own experiences and how God's worked through those things in our lives and how we've grown and come out on the other side of that to encourage each other and lift each other up. So it's powerful, a powerful tool in God's hands, I believe. Yes. And I do think women have shared that with me, especially when they've experienced the healing from sharing their story and an unexpected gift that they are giving of an experience for another sister and woman who can receive that gift and then the transformation and healing that can take place. So there's great blessing on both sides of those that are giving that gift of sharing And the enemy does not like that. He does not like that. So a lot of women hold back. So I really appreciate your authenticity and sharing the blessing. It's a benefit and it's a God gift. And I do think God is pleased by that. So, you know, you have a powerful story, Eileen. We're going to talk about it today. You know, I'd love you to do that. Um, however the Lord leads you uh, in conversation today. And so I think we're going to jump right in and have you share. So Eileen, where does your blessings and brokenness, God's story, where did it begin? Well, it happened back in 1988. I had been suffering infertility for seven and a half years of my marriage And finally, after traveling all over the country with my husband's job and seeing infertility specialists around the world, uh, around the country, came to find out finally, back in 1986, that there was nothing keeping me from getting pregnant. There was nothing wrong with my husband. There was nothing wrong with me. As wonderful as that may sound, at the time, it was a devastating blow because the one thing that I wanted more than anything was to be a wife and a mother. And all my friends were having children at that time. And it was very difficult for me to be around them even, not because I couldn't share in their joy. I could, but it was a constant reminder in my face of the one thing that I wanted most and couldn't have, that the one thing my body was created uniquely for as a woman wasn't producing, you know? That was a really tough time. I went through a grieving process back then for those years that were just um, devastating. And it impacted my relationship with my husband and and others. Um, But in the process, I reached out to the Lord. I finally came to the end of myself. And I said, Lord, 
I know that I want to be a mother. It doesn't matter now whether I physically give birth to that child or whether you provide me with a child through adoption. My need is to be a mother, not to give birth. And when I got to that place, I really wasn't a Christian. I wasn't born again. I had been raised in New York City in the, in the Catholic Church, and I fell away from that. And I always knew that God was there and that he loved me, but I didn't have that heart-to-heart relationship. I wasn't, I wasn't at a place in my life where I had hit rock bottom and I was ready to reach out to the Lord. And this was my rock bottom. And at that moment, I just let it go. And I said, Lord, please forgive me. I just, I need you in my life and I need to be a mom. You know, will you help me with this? And my husband and I started at that point to investigate different adoption agencies and programs around the world. I've always had a heart for children internationally, and it was a perfect opportunity to see where God was going to answer this prayer for me. So we ended up contacting a local agency at that time in Michigan and found that we would be able to adopt a child in a rather short amount of time from South America. And so we did. We went through that. It was a grueling process going through the investigations and the home studies and and the whole process and the waiting and the hurrying. And um, finally, in the winter of 1988, it was our turn to go to South America. We had been called earlier in the summer telling us that we were going to be the parents of a little baby boy. And we were just absolutely jubilant. You know, we were so excited. And when the time finally came to go, it was just before Christmas in Paraguay. And we got down there just before the courts closed for several months over Christmas and and New Year's, which was customary. And when they put my son in my arms, I couldn't even speak. I was just melting into tears. My husband had to grab my son from my arms because he was afraid I was going to frighten him with my tears, but they were tears of joy. I was just so ecstatic that God gave me the one thing that I had wanted most. And when he did that, that's when I gave my heart to him and I became born again and asked the Lord to take control of my life. And that I promised him that whatever he did for me, whatever he asked me to do, wherever he wanted me to go, that I would be obedient as a way of saying thank you for this incredible, undeserved blessing. And that was the beginning. You know, I started with a a deep grieving, but God used that pain to bring me to him. I guess you can say in a way that my son led me to Christ. God knew exactly what it was going to take to get a hold of my heart. And so when I look back now at that very painful time in my life and how devastated I was, I can see God's hand of blessing because through that, I gave my heart to him. My life has been drastically changed. I was able to lead my children, my parents to Christ. And who knows? I mean, I don't know how God may have used 
this story to touch other people's lives and bring them to Christ. But I can only encourage any woman out there listening that may be struggling with infertility, that God has a plan. And even though it's not working out the way you think you want to see it work out, that God loves you and he knows your heart and he knows how he's going to use your brokenness and bring blessing about in your life through this. So hold on. He's, he's ready to answer your prayers. Yes. And so now moving forward into your life as you have become an empty nester and your son has grown and off serving in the military and all those wonderful things. And now you're a grandmother. And I'm sure that has brought great blessing too. Even with, you know, not always seeing him the way you would like to, but, you know, you have then moved your life forward in other areas and you adopted as another child that has brought you great blessing. The Lord has done that too. And then moving into a retirement lifestyle, right? Yeah. Can you share with us? kind of your journey of how you moved into being a widow? Sure. My husband and I were missionaries and we served the former Soviet Union. And then eventually we were working with countries around the world. Through that experience, we were able to adopt my daughter. She's from Russia. We adopted her when she was five and a half years old. And she has special needs, but she is the greatest joy and blessing in my life. About 11 years ago, when my husband felt it was time for us to retire, uh, we decided to move. We were doing ministry with our church and uh, just really getting to know people and starting a new chapter. And uh, about six years ago, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And he had a very rare form of the disease, which probably only 2% of the people that get that diagnosis have this particular type of pancreatic cancer. And it typically, it was metastatic. It had moved into his liver and it had moved into the lymph nodes. And there was not going to be a, um, you know, healing through chemo unless God chose to do that. We knew it was terminal, but we had more time typically with this type of cancer than the other 97% of the people that get diagnosed and typically are gone in a very, very short amount of time after the diagnosis. So for the first couple of years, my husband was doing pretty well. He was going through treatments and he was making progress, but then around 2016, the bottom fell out. During that time, I was his caregiver, and I was also managing all of his care, his appointments, the different hospitals, doing the research that we were doing for treatments and where to go. Uh, through that time, God just poured out his blessing and compassion on us through the people who uh, were put on our paths, local people, people all around the country were reaching out to us. And that's another story for another day. But uh, <laughs> it was just amazing to just see how God was, was there in the midst of this pain and in this brokenness. 
And no matter where we went, my husband would always tell people, I believe I'm going to be healed, but it may not be on this side of heaven, but I will be healed. And everywhere he went when he was having infusions in chemo treatment, he would always encourage those that were in the room with him getting getting treatment and the doctors and the nurses and said, I know my God and I know my Jesus. And because of him, I have peace through this. And the same held true for me. But there were moments, many, where fear crept in and I had to really clutch the hem of Jesus's garment and hold on to him for dear life. Because as you are praying for healing and believing in that healing, there's also another thing going on. And that is what you're seeing right before your very eyes. So you're holding on for hope and in healing, but at the same token, your eyes are telling you it's not happening. You know, as you see your your loved one just go down further and further through the spiral of of illness that takes over and consumes their bodies. And that was a challenge for me. And I, at that time, adopted a mantra that God put on my heart. And that was, Lord, I don't understand, but I choose to believe. Believe in his hope believe in his goodness, believe in his care, and that he had us in the palm of his hands, and that no matter what would happen, that we were going to come out of this okay, and that my daughter and I were going to be okay. There was fear because I was a special needs mom, and I was going to be doing this all by myself, not having family. All of our family is scattered across the country, and most of them are in the in the East. I was worried, and every moment that I came to a place where I was frightened beyond my wits, I would just reach out and then I would say, Jesus, take my hand and carry me through this. Give me your peace, let it wash over me. And you know, Michelle, it was like almost miraculous because exactly when I would cry out to him and ask him for that peace, it would just wash over me and I would feel this burden being lifted. And I knew that God's promises were true for me and that however this whole story was going to work out with my husband, that he had my husband in the palm of his hands and that his time was written in God's book before one day even dawned in my husband's life and that God is good and he's good even through the heartache and the pain and the devastation and the illness. And it was just a miracle to see how God walked that journey so intimately with me and my family through that that difficult time. And so after two and a half years of some pretty intense therapy and pain and watching my husband just dwindle down to 126 pounds, the reality of his imminent passing, unless God came through on the 11th hour, was right before my eyes. And January 23rd, 2018, I was with my husband when the Lord triumphantly escorted him to eternal peace and comfort and in the presence of Almighty God, his Savior and Lord. And 
you know, we think about the, the moments in our lives that are pivotal, the moments in our lives that are just monumental. You think about a birth, right? And being present when a child is brought into this world and the amazing joy that you get from that and how that is like, you know, one of the greatest things that can happen in your life is to be born, right? Well, as Christians, sometimes we forget that one of the most pivotal, monumental, and incredibly joyous times for a Christian is to be entered into the presence of Almighty God. And that that is a celebratory moment and the privilege of being present with someone as they step over that heavenly threshold is just incredible. It's kind of an enigma in that you're heartbroken in a sense because of your loss, but you're joyous for them because, oh my gosh, you know, their life has come to that defining moment when they take that step and they fall on their knees before their Lord and Savior, and they are just encircled with this incredible love and peace and joy that their hearts can't even take in everything that we experience when we cross that threshold, because we go through our lives thinking about heaven, wondering what it might be, studying about heaven and what that's going to look like. But our minds, can, can they really fathom the incredible, amazing experience of walking into heaven? Oh my gosh, you know? And so even though my husband has been gone in the for four years and I've, and I've missed him so much, I have joy in my heart knowing where he is. And I have joy in this journey, knowing that God's got my back and that he loves me and my daughter so much that he's not going to let, let us go, that he's ever present. He's our Emmanuel in our hearts forever. And that each day is a blessing. I just want to use what's left of my life, you know, to really make a difference in the king's kingdom. I want a fresh new way um, to experience him. And I want to serve him with excellence. I want to have more white space on my calendar for God moments and time with him. And, and also for the opportunity for spontaneity when it greets me. I want to be a blessing to others. I want to pay it forward. I want God to give me the opportunity to bless others through the experiences I've had in my life to encourage other women, to encourage other people, and, and to let them know that God is with you through the times that you feel he's the furthest. He's there. He's there with you. And he's just waiting. If you don't know him, He's waiting for you to take his hand and he will just walk beside you and lead you through the difficulties of your life. He's not going to remove those difficulties necessarily, but he promises to be by your side and walk with you through them so that you get to the other side strengthened. Your faith is just doubled, if you will, because you know that God got you through it. And each step of the way, I can look back through all of my pain, even when I had challenges in my marriage and crises in my marriage, 
I can look back at those devastating moments. And even though I don't relish the pain that I went through to get through them, I thank God for them because I grew through them. My experience with God has grown insurmountably in that he has shown me when I've needed comfort that he is now my comforter. When I no longer have my husband, he has shown me that he can fill that niche and that need in my life. Isaiah 54, 5 says, for your husband is your maker and the Lord of hosts is his name. Well, how would I ever have gotten to know God is my husband if I hadn't become a widow? That experience, the experiences of needing comfort, the experience of seeing God as my healer. If I hadn't been ill, I would never have experienced him as my healer. God is all of these things to us. But unless we go through the need in those areas, we can't really have a full experience of him in those realms. Does that make sense? Yes, it it totally does. And I just, you know, everything that you've been sharing and ministering is all critical to, you know, the redemption, you know, what you've come through as a result of the suffering and the pain. And I was thinking as you were talking about the experience with Lou as he was crossing over, what a beautiful and emotional, I mean, the heartache, of course, and then the glory that comes out of his testimony and what he went through for God. And, you know, I remember and recall this song, I Can Only Imagine. Oh, yeah. That talks about a transition you know, into the kingdom of heaven. And just, you know, that's going to be what we will encounter as a result of our journey. Yes. All the things that we have to go through in the brokenness of the world that we exist in. And, you know, unfortunately, we do live in a fallen world and that fall has resulted in sin and heartache and pain and health problems. And I mean, we're just, you know, not going to see that perfection on this earth, but the glory of it is that we have a Jesus who loves us. And like you said, is good as with us to help us through that because he experienced those things. Yeah. Yeah. And the transition that takes place in a life such as yours, you know, when you can see um, that as you moved into a, a different life stage, you know, without Lou. And, you know, that's pretty profound. And I know that this is going to rock so many people <laughs> in what you've shared today. I just really think so because. The story of blessings and brokenness is so needed. You know, it's hard when you're going through hard seasons and hard things to see blessing in it. But if you stand on God's promises, and I think that is so profound too, Eileen, there's so many promises that we have to, no matter what, 
stand on and keep our faith intact as we go through these hard seasons and hard things. But God is honored through it. And I do think he is good and he loves us. And no matter what we go through, as hard as it is, he will never forsake us. That's true. This is so really powerful and so needed for our world, you know, and I would love to hear just a little bit more about the grief share. Sure. Can you share um, a little bit more for those that are going through grief or need yes. some extra support? Because grief is grief, right? Whether you're going through grief because you lost your husband or a grief because you lost your family member or your mom or, you know, loss, you know, a dog, an animal dear to your heart, which you also have as well as I losing an animal. But, you know, can you share a little bit more about that? Because maybe that's a great resource for someone listening, you know, or two or three or how many are listening today that are going through the similar, similar things. Well, four years ago, uh, as I said, Lou passed, and it was about eight months into my new life as a widow that I came across a biblically-based, faith-based grief support system. And it's really, it's more than that. It's a workshop, because with grief, you need to work through your grief, because grief is hard. It doesn't come easy to get through it. And you have to do some real soul searching and prayer and, and, and working through the process because it is so um, scattered as an experience. It's random. Grief can last for quite a while for some people. And your attitude going through it really makes a big difference in how long and how hard it's going to be. Eight months into it, I found this program at a local church where I live, and I was desperate to find other people that knew what I was going through. Um, All of my friends were either married or um, divorced, you know, and had relationships. I didn't know any other single women, and I certainly didn't know anybody my age that had been widowed. It was a very isolating time, a very isolating journey, to to say the least. And um, that was another experience where God filled up my loneliness with his presence. Um, Sometimes you go through that, those first months breathless. I mean, literally breathless. You could be making a sandwich in the kitchen and all of a sudden your breath escapes you and you can't breathe. And that's not unlike what people go through in grief. It manifests in so many different ways, physically, spiritually, um, emotionally. And let's face it, ladies, the evil one has a heyday in those moments. When he knows you're down, he's going to kick you. He's going to place a burden of fear on your shoulders that feels like you can't even imagine coming out from under because it's so heavy. Your nights are not the same. Your days are not the same. Everything in your world is totally upside down. You're no longer a missus, who, which is 
what you've been identified as for a very long time in some cases, in my case, 38 years. Now it's like, how do I sign my name? I used to sign it Mrs. or, you know, put Mrs. on, on, on a, a return envelope or whatever, but I couldn't do that anymore. So do, now, do I now call myself Miss? Ms.? Do I keep Mrs.? Um, all these crazy, silly thoughts just, you know, bombard you at that time. And it's all the evil one trying to keep you off kilter as you're grieving. And it's so important during this time in your life to focus on the comfort, the peace, the promises, and the direction of the Holy Spirit. I can only tell you that if I hadn't known the Lord, I don't know how I would have gotten through these last four years. Um, The first two years were really hard. The first year was just, was really something else. I can can say that a positive that comes through that is, you learn more about yourself. You learn more about your God. You learn more about what you're capable of doing through him who gives you strength. You're strengthened. You grow in ways you never imagined or ever thought you needed to grow. It's really quite an intense period of time of holding a mirror up to yourself. And Grief Share gives you that opportunity to be alongside other people. It's not just for women, it's for men as well. It's, there's even a children's program that they have, I believe. But the group that I was in was for mostly men and women. Some had lost children. Um, some had lost parents, siblings, best friends, um, husbands, wives. Uh, but we all came into it at a different place in our grief journey. And what was amazing is that this tool, this grief share tool, that the people that put this together, it was ordained and divinely appointed to be an amazing tool to help you through your walk in grief and from grieving to healing, from mourning to joy. And it's a 13-week based program. And in this program, you get to watch um, a DVD that is based on one of the 13 chapters in the book. And there are questions, there are for uh, discussion after watching the video, there's a workbook to take home and daily do work in. Now, you don't have to do the work. You can just do the videos and come to class and, and, you know, do whatever you're able to do. But I can only share with you as I've been leading this myself, wanting to pay it forward after my own wonderful experience with it, that the people that get the most out of this and see the greatest healing um, and change in their hearts are the people that actually do the work and put the work into it. Um, It's wonderful to know that you're not alone, that these myriad emotions that you're experiencing, this tangled ball of emotions going anywhere from anger to fear, to anxiety, to not being able to sleep, to forgetfulness. Some of you may have heard of the term widow's fog. Let me tell you, it's real. I mean, you think you're losing your mind when you start forgetting simple things like your address or your zip code, but it's normal when you're going through grief and that intensive grief when you've lost, in my case, the love of your life, who knew you inside and out, your faults, 
the good things about yourself, someone that knows you so intimately and now they're gone. And it's just such an amazing feeling to know that that person's not there in your life anymore. They're not present in your life. I mean, things like, how do I fix a broken doorknob? Well, I don't know. My husband used to take care of that. Now you freak out over how to fix a doorknob. And of course, you've got YouTube and friends and neighbors to help. But you go through all these like little things in the grief journey that just don't add up and don't make sense. And you sometimes think you're losing your mind. But then when you come into a setting like Grief Share and you're with other people, they get it. They get you. They understand you. It is such a relief. And you start to realize, I'm not crazy after all. And you start to actually see a glimmer of hope getting through it as you listen to other people's stories and share your own and what God's teaching you through it. So I can honestly say, if any of you find yourself in in my shoes, I highly recommend you go to griefshare.org and look into the program and find a church near you that that's offering it because the day a person walks in through the door and the day they walk out, they look like two different people. I wish I could take a before picture of everybody that comes in that first night and an after picture after the 13 weeks, because the transformation that God does in their heart through this program is nothing less than astounding. Romans 8.28, that God uses all things for good in the lives of those who love him and are called according to their pur- his purpose, and that God will waste nothing in a believer's life, that it's all going to come out okay. Well, that is phenomenal, and this is a great way to segue as we move forward in closing out the show. This has been such an incredible blessing, friend to be able to have this conversation and uh, just to hear what God is doing and how he has worked. I mean, I've seen it through our friendship as we've continued to be friends through the journey that you are in, in your life and the healing that I've seen that God has done in you and how he is using you um, is just really amazing. So I am so blessed, friends. I know you're all going to be um, really blessed by everything that Eileen has shared. And I want to thank you, Eileen, truly from the bottom of my heart for taking the time today to share your God stories. You've got a couple of the blessings in brokenness stories, I know. And it's really, I just can't wait to hear from others. Um, how God has used what you've shared and made a difference in transforming their lives. And friends, I'm also going to have this episode available um, to listen to on our website. And we're actually um, out there on so many different platforms, many uh, of your favorite platforms as well. We'll have some of Eileen's information up there that she shared too. And until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed.
Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 